0: Two basketball teams trending in the wrong direction in Bloomington. Today, we're going to get bracketology updates for both the men's and women's basketball programs. On the men's side, we'll look at a flaw in the roster that is uh, leading to struggles, both closing games and closing this season. On the women's side, we'll look at a team that finally is going to have a chance at some rest uh, and to regroup as their season is uh, slowly starting to slip away as well. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, February 23rd. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything, iu athletics whether it's news analysis previews recaps all the fun stuff in between i'm your host as always jacob rude want to thank you guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every day just a reminder we're free and available on all platforms including youtube where we premiere the episodes every morning at 7 a.m As I said, we have both a men's and women's basketball team trending in the wrong direction. We're going to talk about both teams today. Look at one of the big flaws in this men's basketball roster. Uh, A couple people have started to point out that uh, it's worth diving into a little bit more. On the women's side, it's not a lot of their own doing that has led to some of their struggles. It's a very tired team uh, trying to hold on to a top-four seed uh, in the NCAA tournament and a chance to host some uh, tournament games. It was a season that looked like it could be destined for a Big Ten title, and now it's a a team that is kind of having to hang on uh, to keep a a special season together a bit. Uh, We're also, as I said, going to talk on some bracketology as well, get some updates on those. Before we do all of that, uh, want to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it at. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at lo underscore Hoosiers. We're going to do a spaces at halftime of the IU Maryland game. I promise, Scouts honor this time. We will do that uh, to get you guys uh, some thoughts on the first half of that game. Get everybody, uh, get everybody's thoughts on the game. So. We will be doing that for the IU Maryland game. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. All right, let's dive into this one. Um, I I saw some interesting points made uh, about this IU men's basketball team roster. There's a lot of flaws with this team. We've pointed them out a little bit. A lot of square pegs and round holes, which is to be expected. Mike Woodson came in, did the best he could, uh, brought in a bunch of of transfer players that are talented, no doubt, but a lot of them may be miscast in roles. And as a result, the team as a whole is starting to struggle. I mean, they struggled for much of the season, but uh, those struggles have become more pronounced as the season is coming to its end. One of the biggest ones I don't need to really dive in on at all. There's just not enough shooting. We've talked about it. It's readily apparent uh, when you watch games – defenses just aren't worried about the Hoosiers outside shooting. Really, they only have one reliable shooter in Parker Stewart, and everyone else is pretty high variance or just not a good shooter at all. Um, So if you're paying attention to Parker Stewart, you can kind of live and die with anybody else making three-pointers, and that's just not sustainable in modern college basketball. More importantly than that, though, something this team really, really lacks is just a go-to scorer on the perimeter. Obviously, you have someone like Trace Jackson Davis, who one of the best forwards in the country, one of the best players in the country, probably still going to be an All-American. His his season has kind of tailed off a little bit down the stretch here, uh, but probably still going to be an All-American. But you can see um, how teams can kind of scheme him out of the game. You just pack the paint. Part of it is roster construction and not really his fault, but you can pack the paint. make sure all five guys are aware when he gets the ball double triple team him and get the ball out of his hands when you have somebody that you can go to on the perimeter you can just give the ball to him at the top of the key tell him to go get a bucket maybe do a little screen and roll action that you can't scheme somebody out of the game like that and if you do you're trapping way 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 farther away from the basket and you're leaving the rest of your defense compromised. There's a difference between doubling a perimeter player at the three-point line versus doubling a post player 10, 12 feet from the hoop. You can look at recent IU games for examples of this Malachi Branham for Ohio state. You saw just it, it. I'm not even talking necessarily just it's elite level player. Malachi Branham is a very good player and just having that type of guy who can get to a spot and make a shot, IU doesn't have anybody like that on the roster. Uh, Johnny Davis, we saw, he's one of the best players in the country as well, but that's maybe the top-end example of just a player you can give the ball and, and he can get a bucket. You saw it with Jaden Ivey, another kind of high-level example in that Purdue game uh, in Assembly Hall. He drug Purdue back into that game by just getting to the rim, getting to his spot, whatever shot he wanted, it felt like he could get. You you don't even have to look. I mean, Grace Berger with the women's basketball team is another example of that. Uh, she is as good of a mid-range scorer as there is. And how many times this season has she knocked down some huge shots? I think back to that Purdue game on the road where she hit some enormous shots in that comeback. Um, and they just gave her the ball and trusted what, she's, uh, what she could do. It. When you have a player like that, for one, if you can complement him with Trace Jackson Davis, it takes a lot of pressure off of him um, because, as I said, teams can't really afford to scheme; they just simply can't scheme a perimeter player like that out of the game without really compromising other parts of their defense. Um, and it that overall is just kind of an, an indicative of a problem with this roster is, is lacking guys who can take pressure off of trace jackson davis but it's just harder to stop a guy that can get to the bucket like that i mean you can spread the floor out you can go one-on-one and you're left with hoping that your best defender is better than the best offensive player whoever that may be and we've seen that as good as the siu team has been guys like johnny davis guys like malachi branham good offense beats good defense nine times out of ten i would say uh and the Hoosiers have seen that all season long. It it just in general, this IU offense lacks scores. Uh, you saw at the end of that Ohio State game, IU probably had the best possible offensive lineup they could put on the floor. When you're just talking sheer best offensive players, um, we I think I might have mentioned this lineup before, but you have to have a point guard out there. So Xavier Johnson, if you're looking at two wing players that are your best kind of offensive threats, it's definitely Parker Stewart and probably Tamar Bates, maybe against Ohio state, you could make a case for Miller cop, but then you're always going to have trace and race out there. That was about as good as it gets for IU offensively. And they still couldn't score the ball late. So, I don't want to point fingers, or that isn't what this is about, but it's just kind of showing what this team lacks. Uh, I know there's been more and more criticism just levied all throughout um, on Mike Woodson, on the players, on all types of people. I think this roster is really just flawed, and it's still a good roster, and you can still uh, win games. They've won a lot of games with this roster, but a lot of those flaws come out late in close games when. It's defenses tighten up and lock down, and it's a lot harder to get a basket. IU doesn't have anybody not named Trace Jackson Davis that they can turn to for that. And defenses have time and time again schemed Trace out of the game late by just not allowing him to catch the ball or, or attempt to score with double teams. And the nature of the player he is, we've talked about before. He's not going to force it into a double team. It's hard to criticize someone for that. As much as you might want Trace to do that, um, that's just not the player he is. He's going to find the open guy. So that flaw has shown itself maybe most loudly at the end of games. And considering the amount of close games the Hoosiers have had in this five-game losing streak, uh, it's been more and more apparent. Now, is that player on the roster coming? i I think Tamar Bates can be that kind of guy. Uh, there's There's a lot of potential there, and I can see why he was a five star recruit. He struggled this season. Uh, I think he's he's trending upward while while the rest of the team may be trending downward. I've thought he's played better and better of late. I think that potential is there for him maybe next year or uh, the following season, depending on kind of what trajectory he's on. Jalen hood shafino seems like he could be that type of guy next season. 6'5", kind of point guard. That's the size of a guy that can create his own shot and have a kind of height advantage at the point guard position. Sounds like he's a guy that can get to the rim, but also have a really strong pull-up mid-range game, uh, can find guys. He seems like the type of guy that you could give the ball too late in those situations. He's still going to be a freshman, so how much you trust that, we'll see. But it seems like he's that type of guy. Maybe the Hoosiers bring in a transfer as well that can be that type of guy. Um, We don't know what the transfer portal is going to look like. The Hoosiers leaned pretty heavily into it this past offseason. We'll see who comes and goes and and how that shakes out. It's pretty impossible to predict that. But uh, right now, outside of Tamar Bates, Nobody on this current roster I can really see being that type of person. Um, Jalen Hood, Shafino's is coming in, so maybe you can consider that. So, I, that to me is one of the biggest reasons the Hoosiers struggle late in games uh, is that they just simply don't have a go to guy on the perimeter that they can, when they need a bucket, uh, they can have that person get one. And the result is a team that is sliding rapidly out of the NCAA tournament. We're going to take a look at latest ESPN inside the Hall of Andy Bottoms. Some of those projections. See where the Hoosiers fall on that. Look at some bubble teams you need to be cheering against in the coming week. Before all that, uh, this is typically about the time of year I give up on my New Year's resolutions. Not this year, though. I'm sticking with Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I enjoy eating them. Um, All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, that, to me, is what makes them taste like they aren't a protein bar, not one of those waxy, chewy, hard-to-swallow protein bars. Built Bars are full of flavor. There's so many different flavors to choose from. We talk about it all the time. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. Uh, they're special this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They're always updating with new flavors. Uh, most importantly, though, they're low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace whatever your favorite candy bar is with these. They're better for you. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Um, they're good for you. They taste good. It almost feels too good to be true. I promise it is not. Uh, at Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get your favorite podcasts. Let's look at some men's college basketball bracketology. A couple different places updated their brackets on Tuesday. Uh, Joe Lenardi over at ESPN. We mentioned prior to Tuesday, his latest bracketology did not have Indiana either in the last four in or last four buys. You lose to Ohio State and you get put into the last four in. This is just kind of indicative of a team trending rapidly in the wrong direction. IU is the... uh, third to last team in if I'm reading this right I'm not sure top down uh, which order it goes in but are you firmly firmly on that bubble joined by Michigan Memphis and San Diego State if you want some good news San Diego State lost to Boise State on Tuesday so um, a small bit of small win there for the Hoosiers uh, pretty much everywhere seems like San Diego State is right there on the bubble with the Hoosiers. Uh, The first four out, you're looking at SMU, BYU, Oklahoma, another team that is rapidly trending in the wrong direction. As it stands, uh, not that it feels like it really matters, Indiana would be in the play-in game against San Diego State as a 12 seed, um, and then they would play UConn uh, if they win that game as the five seed. So Playing games are fun, not when your team is in them. A lot more fun as a neutral fan. Uh, If you want to look over at Andy Bottoms at Inside the Hall, another really uh, accurate predictor, hopefully he's wrong on this one because he has IU in the first five out. Um, This team, the struggles on the road are really killing this team, two and seven. Um, With a sub-300 non-conference schedule we talked about, that was a necessity with a first-year coach, but um, it's going to hurt them when it comes to uh, that selection Sunday. Now, if there's bubble teams you want to be rooting against, there's a handful of familiar names that you can um, be rooting against in the coming days. One of them we talked about the other day, Michigan. Uh, Joe Lenardi has them right there with Indiana on the last four in Andy Bottoms also has them in the last four in Uh, for those that missed it I'm not sure how Um, the Juwan Howard suspended for the rest of the season that team seems to be in a little bit of flux they have a rather tough finish to their schedule though they have four straight home games a positive positive. Uh, They're coming against Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, and then close on the road at uh, Ohio State. That is four really tough games. Rutgers is the easiest of those. Rutgers is really surging. Uh, Pay attention to that as IU fans, but Rutgers is really surging. And if that's your easiest game, that is going to be a tough finish to the season. Not really sure what way that program is going to go, but uh, for IU fans, you should hope that they start imploding. Uh, obviously that Michigan Rutgers game is kind of a win-win for the Hoosiers because Rutgers is another team that's going to be right there on the bubble. Um, they are in the last four in for Andy Bottoms. They're not um, in the last four in or uh, next four in on Joe Lenardi, but IU wasn't before their loss to Ohio State. So that can all change rapidly. Rutgers is a 10 seed right now. Um those are two teams the Hoosiers need to be rooting against. Rutgers' schedule um, is not is a little bit easier. Uh, they will face Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, the Hoosiers that IU Rutgers game is going to be absolutely massive for IU. Um, they after, this is after going to Michigan. They will host Wisconsin. They will go to Assembly Hall. Then they will host Penn State. If there's any, I mean, every game IU has the rest of the way is must win. That Rutgers game is absolute absolute must win. Uh, that that game is going to need as much fan support as possible. That is going to be a really, really big game for IU uh, to knock off another potential bubble team. North Carolina, another team. Uh, there's a lot of mid-majors on the bubble, and that's kind of tricky to try to pay attention to. Uh, we mentioned BYU, SMU, San Diego State. They lost San Francisco, Creighton. A lot of those are hard to really monitor. I mean, their conferences are so top heavy typically that uh, it's it's hard to really watch game to game how much that matters. North Carolina is the opposite. They too have a pretty tough close to the season. They will go to NC State, who uh, is not good this season, but that is a rival for whatever that's worth on the road. Um, they will then host Syracuse. IU fans are familiar with and playing that two, three zone is always frustrating. And then they will close the season at Duke. So um swallow big and cheer for Duke is what IU fans are going to have to do to some degree uh, to root against North Carolina on the bubble. And again, I hate, I hate bubble watch, but this is, this is what it's going to take for the Hoosiers. Uh, memphis another team that um they're trending a little bit upward they had won six straight they lost to smu on sunday um they have a, a kind of a weird profile but um again another team that kind of plays in a lower level conference florida was another one that you can be rooting against in a major conference um they will uh they they have I mean i w- I was gonna say they've struggled this season, everybody on the bubble has struggled to some degree this season. they lost on Tuesday though to Arkansas, so that is a positive <laughs> they will play Tom Crean's Georgia in what is probably gonna be one of Tom Crean's final games for those who haven't paid attention that Georgia team is struggling right now uh so. If hopefully Tom Crean does a solid for the Hoosiers, beats Florida, uh, then they have Vanderbilt and Kentucky to round out the season. It's going to be a really tough um, close to their season. Joe Lenardi has them as the next four out, um, and Andy Bottoms has them in the first five out. So we'll kind of try to keep you updated on this as much as it matters because the Hoosiers have to start winning games. Regardless, like we can watch the bubble as much as we want, but if IU keeps losing, there's going to be no bubble to worry about, and that starts on Thursday. They will take on Maryland. We will premiere or preview that game tomorrow. Let's look at the women's basketball team and their own bracketology and how they can kind of right the ship a little bit as well. Before that, football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam with pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. As always, women's basketball bracketology is far, far, far more scarce. Uh, we really can only regularly reference ESPN's Charlie Cream, uh, who also updated his bracket on Tuesday. And, hoof, the Hoosiers are taking a hit. Uh, losers of three of their last four back-to-back games. IU is all the way down to a four seed. Uh, that is as low as they've been this season. Uh, if you're a top four seed in your region, you will host the first two rounds of games. So in that sense, Hoosiers are still in the driver's seat, I guess, for hosting those games. But IU, as the men's team is, is trending in the wrong direction. Um, that Maryland game... We always knew it was going to be a big game, but if for nothing else, than for the Hoosiers to right the ship, that is a really big game on uh, Friday coming up. Indiana really needs to get out of the rut they're in. Part of that is self-imposed. Their offense has gone really cold at times, and that was the case against Iowa uh, late on Monday. And early in the game on Saturday, part of it as well is just the nature of what this schedule has ended up being. And we talked about that when they had their two-week COVID pause, that this middle of February was going to be absolutely brutal. And it was. They played three games in five days, five games in 10 days, and seven games in 17 days, wrapping up on Monday uh, against Iowa. That's without making up one game as well. They're going to finish one game short. In the Big Ten season. So we expected this. It doesn't make it any easier to get or to go through. Uh, so, what can this team do to kind of regroup? I mean, one, just getting three days off is a rarity. It's the first time they're going to have three days off between games since before this COVID pause uh, in the middle of January. So, just having time to kind of decompress and relax for a second before getting back up, preparing for this Maryland game is going to be big. And I'm sure mentally that's as, almost as kind of relaxing as all the physical benefits of having an extra day or two of rest. Getting McKenzie Holmes back has been a positive in the long run. In the short run, that was a couple brutal games to try to work her back in, not have her be 100% against Sanano and Iowa. That's one of the better post players in the country uh one of the more physical ones and i mean it's not her fault and ultimately you want mckenzie holmes back as quick as possible but she didn't look herself for really either of those games she showed a lot more flashes in that game monday uh with some mid-range jumpers that terry morin talked about uh just in general scoring around the basket she had double figures uh scoring she looked more like herself getting her multiple days to continue rehabbing, continue working that rust off is going to be really helpful as well. In general, uh, it's going to be a much needed kind of break here for the Hoosiers. They don't play until Friday. They play Maryland, and then they have uh, a couple more days off before the Big Ten tournament. We talked about needing to get that double bye, be a top four seed. That requires a win against Maryland. Uh, for that to even be a conversation, um, and if you get that double buy it means you are—it's your—you're a top four seed, and your—it's um, one less game you have to play in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, there's all kinds of benefits of having that double buy Right now, the Hoosiers are one of five or four teams with four losses, but as we mentioned in Monday's episode. The losses don't matter because the Hoosiers have one less game played. So while they all have four losses, Ohio State, Maryland, and Iowa all have a, a 75% win percentage, and IU is at 73. So that's kind of a, a tiebreaker that doesn't go in the Hoosiers' favor. So you beat Maryland, you have a better, you have fewer losses, and at the end of the day, that'll give you a better win percentage uh, at the end of the season. So you beat Maryland, and you get a top-four seed, and that's going to be the focus right now for the Hoosiers before they go to the Big Ten tournament. If they're a top-four seed, they won't play until Friday of next week. Uh, if I remember correctly, if they're a, if they're not a top-four seed, if they're the five seed, then you're looking at um, a Thursday start, which is the case. If they're the five seed, uh, they will play roughly uh, maybe – 2 o'clock 1 o'clock on that thursday if you're the four seed you don't play until about the same time on friday so an extra day's rest for this team that for all the reasons we just talked about is sorely needed and something that they would love so got that all starts though by winning on the road against maryland a team who just needed overtime to beat at home That's two teams in very different spots. Maryland has kind of regrouped from a swoon in the middle of the season. uh, And the Hoosiers are certainly, they've certainly played better and they certainly have looked better this season than they do right now. We'll preview that game a little more in depth uh, on Friday's episode. But that's where the Hoosiers women's basketball team is right now. Ultimately, they're going to be in the tournament, but it does feel a little bit like a missed opportunity um through no fault of their own. It's just kind of one of those things that happens with COVID in 2022, 2021, all the in last couple seasons. It was out of their control getting COVID uh, or having that COVID outbreak and that among other things has really really uh, stacked the deck against them to close this season. We'll keep the we'll keep monitoring them as well. We'll also preview uh, I use game against Maryland in tomorrow's episode. Thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow with that preview. Now make your second listen the Locked On NFL Draft uh, ep- or podcast uh, hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring you or they bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Um, Appreciate all the love. I know I say it all the time. I mean it all the time. And uh, all the ratings, the feedback that you guys continue to give us. Follow us on Twitter for that. uh, Halftime Spaces on Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave a rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, have a tremendous Wednesday in LEO.